The Bears may have beaten Oklahoma on Saturday, but with so many penalties and turnovers, did the better team actually win? And do the Bears have a shot at a Big 12 title? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, and that is a guy who needs a haircut. I, too, need a haircut, by the way. He's Cameron Stewart, also from Inside the Bears. It says that down there along with Twitter handles. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Cam, did Baylor beat Oklahoma? Full stop. Answer? Yes, nice. they did. Yes. Did Baylor's three-point deficit What's the opposite of a deficit? Margin of victory. Did Baylor's three-point margin of victory tell the story of this game, or do you think the Bears beat the Sooners worse than those three points? Did the better team win on Saturday? Yes, yes, that's a better way to put it. Baylor's a better team, um, and they did not play a perfect game by any means, which is usually what you need to win in Norman. Uh, But there's a lot to work on. I, I would say it probably wasn't too indicative. Um, because I think Baylor should have won that game by 10 points or more, even yes. with uh, being really poor in some areas. Uh, but yes, the better team did win. Three is probably a little bit flattering to Oklahoma, but not too flattering uh, because of some of the deficiencies that Baylor had. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma put up 500 yards of offense. And yeah. Yeah. They're not going to win many games given that up. No, their rushing attack was serviceable enough. They had a they look, they they had a game plan. That first drive, so well done by Jeff Levy. The offense of Oklahoma was not totally handicapped, aside from Dylan Gabriel, once every three passes, deciding that he would be me on the intramural field. If you're wondering at home, everyone, my team's out of the playoffs now, too. So I can kind of recap the season, relive it. If you're wondering what I looked like on the intramural football field, every third Dylan Gabriel pass. Not the good ones. Those three interceptions, maybe not all three his fault, not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think some of his missed throws were even worse. Uh, in yes. fact, his maybe his worst one is the one that doesn't get picked off, the one that he hits Christian Morgan on a beautiful right sideline route. Yeah, right, hit him right in the hands, and he doesn't catch it. Uh, but there was a stretch, and it was either the second or the third quarter, and Baylor wasn't pulling away, and Gabriel, just first down, second down, nowhere near his receivers, like two or three times down. But where they were great also was third down, 10 for 15 on third down, Drake. You're giving up 10 of 15 on third down. You're not going to win many games. You've said that about the total yards and third down, yet they won the game. Baylor did. Uh, Yeah, man, he's just not, not what he used to be and isn't the caliber of quarterback that Oklahoma is used to having and one that they need with the defense that they have this year. You talk about that first drive and I agree. Levy did some good things. I mean, uh, in fact, we, we mentioned it to each other and I think I tweeted it was uh, they isolated Dylan Doyle on the outside twice. Yeah. Uh, and that Dylan Doyle is a heck of a college football player. He's not great in coverage and he's just not the fastest dude. And, and when you have him one-on-one on the outside with Eric Gray, uh, Gray's winning that battle 11 times out of 10 yeah. and Baylor made some adjustments on that, but uh, it, it just felt like it almost felt like Baylor was in a prevent defense for so much of the game because of how soft yeah. it was. Many people are saying that Dylan Doyle is not Jalen Petrie. 
Um, that would be correct. They're right. They are correct. The play where it's just Doyle and Eric Gray open field toward the sideline. I was like, oh, man. And Eric Gray. It's behind the line of scrimmage, and you're like, this is a first down. (laughs) This is on first and 10, throwing it behind the line. I'm like, this is a 15-yard game. And just Gray just gives a little whoop, and then Dylan Doyle just, ah. Just falls out of out of the screen. Dylan Doyle, good football player. Probably yeah. not Jalen Petrie. Not we're probably not going to make that play. Um, you saw it too. Look, here's the deal. As as well as I think Baylor played in, especially the run game, the offensive line and the run game have been impeccable. Khalil Keith is Chef's kiss. Like who knew he was the catalyst to all of the offensive line being good? The the Baylor football team had so many highlights, but there are still the glaring issues, which is a good thing to talk about after you beat Oklahoma mm-hmm. on the road, by the way, of occasionally the team decides, hey, on this possession, we'd rather not tackle. The next one, we're going to do it. But this one, maybe not right now. And that's the pause for concern for the last three games, Drake. I know we'll probably get into this, but Baylor controls its own destiny. They got three good teams coming up, yeah. all excellent offenses, statistically. One's a little sporadic, but the other two are great. And um, their defense isn't going to give up 38 every time no. uh, like Oklahoma's will. And this has got to be a point of emphasis this week. And I do trust that the great defensive coaches on that staff will devise a, a better game plan going into this week. But if you try to tackle Deuce Vaughn like that, mm-hmm. Quentin my Johnson, man, my man, John Robinson, <laughs> they are going to gash you. That list goes gash on. you. Yeah. And the, yeah, it was bad. The tackling was as bad as it's been all season. And uh, West Virginia was also pretty bad. And they've had some bad defensive performances. But tackling-wise, that might have been the worst. So frustrating. Yeah, the the one they call Squirrel. Um, he is uh, like... So, so, you know, and Richard Reese had the flu bug, Dave says in the post-game press conference. So flu, specifically flu bug. I don't know. Like, Aranda every now and then is just an 80-year-old man. You're just like, oh, Dave, flu yeah. bug. Yeah, he's battling the flu bug. Um, he is. So Squirrel Williams plugs and plays. Yeah. Does this mean, is the, is the offensive line just that good? Because I want to say like, okay, then any running back would succeed. Like I said in the offseason with this offensive line. But then seeing Squirrel's speed in space was, especially live, that like the guy's been hurt his entire career. And you would never, you would never know. The what he did Saturday was a Squirrel Williams that we have never seen that complete for a full four quarters ever. Period. Yeah. So back to your original. Um, could any of the backs done that given the carries on Saturday? Maybe. Okay. I'll just say that Oklahoma's rush defense, defense is that bad. Um, but I always rated Squirrel pretty high. I think higher than you do. Um, and I thought he would be, you know, if he was fully healthy this year, he would be like a Tristan Ebner, yeah. uh, a, a really good third down back, especially the way you pound the ball with Richard Reese. But yeah, I mean, he's got that speed. He's got a little more power than I thought. Uh, maybe that's the Oklahoma defense really trying hard to tackle him and, and not being very good at it. Uh, but yeah, once he gets in that second layer, man, he can go, he can, his speed equals these guys, which Abram Smith didn't quite have. Richard Reese doesn't quite have, doesn't mean he's not a uh, good running back. Tate yeah. Williams didn't look like he quite had it. Quaylen Jones definitely doesn't. Again, these guys are good backs, but Squirrel is that much faster. He's got that receiver speed. And so once he gets into that second level, like you saw, he can run with these guys, whereas some of these other backs can't. 
And I, I mean, even with Reese being 100% healthy next week and beyond, this is so, so nice to have. Now, this might be the best look at a, the rushing offense, or as close as it would be to last year, having a Smith and an Ebner with a Richard Re- healthy Richard yeah. Reese, healthy Squirrel Williams, which we haven't had a ton of this season, both of them healthy and ready to go at the same time. Here are the notes that you will get only on Locked on Baylor because I feel like being educational this week. We, we strive to be educational every now and then, and today yeah. I'm going to attempt to do so. Baylor 6-1 and one this season while leading at halftime. 17 and three under Aranda when leading at halftime. Not a bad mark. Not a bad mark at all. That's Baylor great. rushed for five touchdowns. Rushed for five touchdowns in the game. How many games this season have the Baylor Bears, who played nine games, rushed for five touchdowns in a game? Two. That was the fifth time. You're kidding. That was the five of them? fifth time Baylor has rushed for five touchdowns in a game. That's impressive. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, Drake. I'm hearing this raw and unbridled. That is uh, really impressive. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm reading it right That's... here. Max Calderon's the one that posted it. Max can't lie. They probably did it like last week. Oh, 100%. And every week before. And that. the week we before. Just, we yeah, now that know. I think about it, but... That's 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 pretty good. Yeah. The Shapin doesn't have a lot of touchdown passes. So they've been doing it on the ground quite a bit. Craig Williams, first ever 100-yard rushing game as well. Uh, he had two touchdowns this whole season almost, coming in. Almost double that, by the way. Right. Uh, he also could have had three touchdowns, but very unselfishly decided to drop there at the 10-yard line. And wisely. S- super smart. Super smart. John Mayers, who I want to get into before we get into Baylor's chances at a Big 12 championship, or even just the scenarios that exist. John Mayers, yeah. 218 career points, sixth in program history. Mind you, lost his starting job to a true freshman last season. Lost his starting job to a true freshman. Took the whole year off, not as much as a PAT. Was great on Saturday, helped win Baylor the game. Has made 113 PATs, good for fifth in Baylor history. 32 field goals, that's sixth. 80% of his field goals he's made. That's number one in program history. 99% of his PATs, which is fourth. And he's four for four. From the 40 to 49 range this season. That's pretty good, man. And when he comes back for his fourth COVID year next year yes. and kicks the game-winning field goal to win the national championship, it'll be a great book about well, it. Well, he's only a freshman, though. So True. You give as much right. time as you want. You get, you know, like, COVID year, redshirt year, a couple other redshirt years, you know, that kind of Grad job. transfer year, but right. stay at the school. Speaking of, you know, John Mayers, this maybe being his last year, Baylor at some point is going to have to find a new kicker. They're going to have to do maybe, that. maybe. I mean, they and, did have a kicker they trust who's on the roster still. And to do so, they'll likely use link, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. But they'll probably solutions. do that. They'll likely use LinkedIn Talent Solutions. I uh, need a new hire. Right now, LinkedIn's hiring. Um, they're not hiring as like an interface itself, but they are. People are hiring using LinkedIn. Did you know that I applied for a job using LinkedIn? I did know that, and that's a really smart thing to do. I've applied with my jobs using LinkedIn. The 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 day job that I have right now, I got right. via LinkedIn. So. I transparently just started a LinkedIn account and I have it's like actually really enjoyed putting things into LinkedIn. It's it's fun. Purple hashtag hiring frame too. We're currently hiring at Sports Illustrated-ish, kind of. So, yeah. you know, let us know at LinkedIn. We're not we're gonna post it somewhere on there and I'll send a link out soon. Uh, simple tools, easy to find. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs numero uno and delivering high quality hires versus leading competitors, LinkedIn jobs. It's you, the people you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. LinkedIn.com lockdown college. Term and conditions do apply. Just sent a connection invite to Drake C. Toll, play by play sports broadcaster. Yes. Free mutual connections already. Look at that. That's me. That's me. 
Um, Cam, the Baylor Bears, and really the entire Big 12, the parody of the league, we talked about all year long is insane. And then I looked today, and like half the teams in the league are two or three lost teams in Big 12 play and are like six and three overall. Everybody just They're wants all to be, in it. They're all in it. Right now, it is Baylor, TCU, Texas, Kansas State. TCU looks pretty squarely in. There are some wild, and I mean wild scenarios, where TCU doesn't make it in. How wild? Actually, not that wild. They lose Texas and Baylor. Feasible. But they do have to lose Iowa State. Surprising, but feasible. A lot less feasible. A lot less feasible losing to Iowa State. Still, though, that's like two losses that make sense and one that doesn't make sense, and TCU's out of the Big 12 title race. They could still make it in in a scenario where they lose all three games. But, Cam... When I tell you Baylor controls its own destiny, that makes you feel good. Then I tell you Baylor has Kansas State, TCU, and Texas left on the docket, makes you feel a little less less good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to uh, give. Yeah. What do you got? I was just gonna say. I mean, I mean, we talked about this in our eight hours in the car this weekend, to and fro, Norman. Um, it's like I, I wouldn't. At this point, I'm just not surprised with anything that happens with this Baylor team. Like, it would be pretty good surprising if they win out and they're in that championship game. Right. But I would be, like, less stunned if they just lost this weekend. Yeah. Because I think Kansas State's a really good team still. Uh, You know, so that second team, man, anyone's bet. Anyone's bet. Last year, it was really at this point of the season – because we would have just had that Baylor loss to TCU, it looked like it was going to be Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, but maybe Baylor, no one else. And now you legitimately have TCU probably in, like we said, and then three or four teams that can get there. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And I think, hot take here, because the Pac-12 has like four teams in the top 15. I would rather have this in my conference. I would rather have this. Yeah, yeah. I'm rooting for TCU It's not great to be- for the RPI and the college football playoff stuff, but I would rather have this. Absolutely. It's way more fun. And these teams are good. It's quality football, too. It my is. Fav- my favorite scenario for the Big 12 championship is a scenario of insanity. This is the one where Baylor beats Kansas State, loses to TCU, and beats Texas. Eight and four Baylor is then in the Big 12 championship. Whoa, no, they're not. They have three conference losses. All right. So do Kansas State. So does Texas. And those two teams lost to Baylor in this scenario. They're goodbye. See you later. Now, well, I know you're wondering, where's Oklahoma State in this? They lose to Oklahoma and to literally anybody else they play at this point. They're just bad now. They got really hurt not a great situation. really badly. Baylor's in the Big 12 title. TCU wins out. They beat Texas. They beat Baylor. They beat Iowa State here. 12-0 TCU, 8-4 Baylor, Big 12 championship. The same Baylor team that was 3-3 three and three at one point this season, the ship was sinking, and lo and behold, the Bears win in Arlington. Unbelievable. Avenge the loss at home. You're fighting Baylor Bears at 9-4, taking on the LSU Tigers in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. And the TCU Horn Frogs, don't call them Texas Christian. They don't like that anymore. Welcome to the Alamo Bowl against Washington State. Hypno Toad, San Antonio, let me hear you. And you get the TCU fans like, well, at least we get to go to the Riverwalk. Oh, those stupid Baylor fans have to smell Bourbon Street. <laughs> I think there would legitimately be 
Like TCU might pull out of they'd college, fire Sonny like Dykes. NCAA, like they'd fire Sonny right Dykes. away if they That's don't it. get an at-large bid to one of those Fiesta, Cotton, whatever it's going to be. Max Duggan is benched. <laughs> that would be they fire unbelievable. Dykes. Yeah, they're going to go at I twelve mean, and one. They would go to the Fiesta Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, yeah, or something. Probably, they would go to probably, something. Probably, but, but if drink. they did go to the Alma Bowl, they'd probably get a better team than Washington State. Yeah, they get like Oregon. Those four, they get like UCLA or something. Oregon, UCLA, USC, Utah are all in that conversation. So, yes, they get something better than that. Fine. Still a world. Still a world, by the way. The absolute madness would have to ensue that Oklahoma would go to the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Which is fine. They went there last year. But hear me out. Because they'd play the second-place team or the third-place team, depending on playoff, in the Pac-12, which could well be the USC Trojans yeah. and Lincoln Riley would be that, that is on the table. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause someone's going to go falling off the table, but it is there. Cheese. It's not bad. Someone's going to the cheese at a decent team. Someone's going to the cheese. It could be that's, us. That this is my, you that's my me. favorite scenario. There is that Baylor beats undefeated TCU to keep him out of the playoff at the goal line. <laughs> he didn't get in. He didn't get in. Um, the other As scenario, a fan, from a fan perspective, that would be the ultimate win. The, that would be so great. Cryogenic Kansas State. They're not dead yet. Unfreeze them. Kansas State beats Baylor. In this scenario, Baylor loses this weekend and still goes to the Big 12 championship. Doesn't matter what happens. And again, in a scenario where Baylor beats Kansas State and beats Texas, does not matter what happens against TCU. Baylor's going to the Big 12 title. Does not matter, win or lose. Mm -hmm. In the cryogenic Kansas State scenario, Kansas State beats Baylor, West Virginia, and Kansas. They win out, right? They still need Texas to lose at some point. Texas beats TCU this weekend. Baylor beats TCU in Texas, so the Bears win out the rest of their way. Now, in this, Texas loses to Kansas. Not impossible. Kansas is playing well, and Texas is Texas. That game's in Lawrence. That's in Lawrence, yep. And TCU loses to Iowa State. In this scenario, due to -to head-to-heads, you're fighting Baylor Bears at 8-4, and are in the Big 12 championship game against the 9-3 and Kansas State Wildcats. And as... Like, the Big 12 is so weird that this is an actual real scenario. Those things could really happen. There is, for Baylor fans, an even wilder scenario. Yeah, hit me. But I think you might you might need to dedicate a whole episode to that. This is the this is the one in the, on the drive back from Norman that yeah. oh, I thought yes. Drake was going to drive off the road. Oh, yeah. He loved this so much. Just like when we found out about the belt at yes. BYU, coming back from BYU. Yes. It was that exciting. Do, do you want to do that or do you want to do that in another episode? That's a good this tease. Is, it's a great time. It's a great time. We're going to hear from Dave here in a bit. And the music, the team was, we were, we were at Norman. We were in Norman. Uh, decent college town. Not a great Norman? app. Not a great college. Not a great, decent college town. Not a great atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, not a great stadium. Bad old stadium. Bad urinals. It's bad. Just needs a, You don't need a new stadium. It just oh. needs an upgrade. It's, it's a healthy upgrade. <laughs> and we left that stadium. We figured out if the rapture were to come, the craziest finish in college football history. Better than Alabama's better than Alabama LSU in that national championship in eleven. This is better than the Cam Newton Auburn team or the LSU twenty nineteen team. This is eight and six. Baylor beats Kansas State. Loses to TCU, but beats Can I just Texas. pause you for a second? Yeah, please do. Because I think people just listening to that went right past that. What would that record be? That is eight wins and six losses. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to think of how that could work in a 12-game college football schedule. So please do let me know. That's like straight out of the MAC, by the way. Like, this is something that would happen in the MAC, 100%. Yeah, but the Big 12 is the MAC now. Baylor beats Kansas State. And I already told you that TCU game won't matter if Baylor beats Kansas State in Texas. Baylor beats Kansas State. 
Baylor loses to TCU at home, and they beat Texas. So Baylor's 8-4 and four at this point. They go to the Big 12 title game against 12-0 and 0 TCU. Well, those Horned Frogs are good, man. Sonny Dykes, Hypnotoad, Hypnotoad. TCU wins. TCU wins that game, 13-12, Where do they go? Punch their ticket to the college football playoff. Congratulations, Max Duggan and, and Sonny Dykes. Baylor at eight and five, having recently lost the Big 12 championship, best team in the Big 12 championship, not in the playoff, goes to New Orleans. They play the Tennessee Volunteers and the eight and five (laughs) Baylor Bears. Lose by just a hair on their chinny chin chin because the volunteers uh, couldn't care less to be there. Final score seven to six. It's like 57 all over again. Baylor finishes with eight wins, six losses, unranked, having gone to the Big 12 championship <laughs> and been the first unranked team to play in the Sugar Bowl probably ever. <laughs> Drink away. It's crazy. It is crazy how realistic how close that is. it is. How really like oddly close it is. If so, let's put this scenario out there because I peek behind the curtain. We're both Baylor fans. You know, the content is great for us when they lose anyway, but yeah. we don't want them to lose no, at no, the no. end of the day. So Baylor goes in at eight and five in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Are we even rooting for them? Or do we just need this eight and six? Sugar Bowl victories are fantastic. Last year was so oh, fun. Eight and six is forever yeah no big 12 team touches that eight and six man we're the only ones that have that print those t-shirts hang a banner and six put it in the team's bio baylor football home of the eight and six 2022 tell your kids sugar bowl contestant ever to finish on eight and six you guys remember that baylor team oh yeah eight and six like that's what it's gonna be no 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 no. the national championship oh i thought you meant eight and six yeah I did. Let me tell you a little something about eight and six. Here, here. kids, gather around. Qualiapo. It's my grandson's name, by the way. Names oh, gotcha. are getting crazier. Qualiapo. Sit on Grandcad. Grand, grandcad. I'm going to be Grandcad, by the way. Get, names are going to get real crazy for grandparents, too. Sit on Grandcad's Girl. lap. Let me tell you about the eight and six Baylor Bears. And he's going to say, or whatever language they're speaking in by then. What, like 2090 at this point? Yeah. And I'm going to tell him about eight and six Baylor on the table and like you said it's on the table man it's oddly not it's like really does not not a lot of crazy stuff has to happen by the way it it is feasible not <laughs> is a lot feasible. of crazy stuff i mean two of the last three <sighs> which are tough games yeah and then from there it's i mean from there it's easy because yeah. tcu is better than you and so is tennessee right. so or lsu or <sighs> alabama yeah Anybody oh, you get there, it's not going to bring be me eight and six. Come on, I'm Drake Toll. I'm Sports eight Illustrated inside the Bears. Six. That's Cameron Stewart. This coming up next is Dave Aranda. Um, BetOnline.net, where the game starts. BetOnline.net is where I lost eighteen dollars this weekend after making one hundred and fifty last week, but luckily we got comped pretty healthily to go to Norman, Oklahoma, didn't we? Didn't we? Uh, Cam bought a banana on the way home and I checked my hmm. bet online bets for the end of the day. And that was the smoothest trip home that we've ever had a road game. Bought a banana from a 7-Eleven and the rest, the rest is history. Rest no stops. was history. 
Um, did stop for cheese fries in an Outback Steakhouse in Fort Worth, <laughs> where I again though. checked my Bet Online app and watched the Astros sadly win the World Series. That's right, I said sadly. BetOnline.net's where the game starts. Go check it out. Mobile device, super easy to use, all that stuff. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Dave Aranda, what did you think about uh, all that Baylor winning and stuff? Guys, it's good to see you. Um, yeah, you know, I think to get a, a win when you don't play your best, to get a win to when, um, you know, you're almost fighting against yourself. And, um, you know, I think there's multiple times in that game just on the sidelines, you know, we're kind of crying out, remember West Virginia. It felt a lot like that. You know, it felt a lot like that game. And to, um, to pull it out somehow and to grit it out, all of it is, I, you know, credit to the players for sure. And, and um, you know, thankful for their effort and appreciative of their grit. And so, you know, with that, right, when you get a win and you're not at your best and there's a lot to improve on, I think it's, it, it, shows, it shows good for your team. And so we're, we're looking forward to being home. You know, I think the two weeks in the road is, is a whole thing. And so to be home and be in front of a big crowd and play a really good K-State team that I have so much respect for, uh, looking forward to that. Take any questions you guys got. Dave, how cool was it to see a game like that from Squirrel after all he's done? Really cool. Yeah, I think, you know, Squirrel ran hard. I mean, the dude's like 160 pounds, you know, and is, um, is pulling guys with him. Right. And old linemen see that and maybe they're tired and they want to, you know, maybe go back to the to the where the ball's going to be placed eventually. And they see him, you know, running into dudes that are that are twice his size. And so that now inspires them to push a pile. And so all of that's just way it's just way cool. And so I, I think, you know, prior to that last one, we're talking about. Hey, this is no moss, and so you know we just get a, we need a first down, and then that can close it out. And uh, been in that before, where everyone says that in a timeout, and then it's not executed, you know. And so for him to have the awareness of all of it to do it is just uh, it speaks so highly of him. So thankful for it. And what happened to Reese? Yeah, we've we're kind of battling a, kind of a flu bug that's gone throughout the team, and so he's battling that right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, asking about just that that last drive or that touchdown drive. And so, you know, going into the game, not knowing, you know, so previous OU defense early in the year, odd fronts, four down fronts, edge pressure, inside pressure, twists, all everything. Um, and these last two games, kind of four down fronts, some corner pressure, some linebacker plugs, interior stuff. And really, that's kind of it. And um, so not knowing what we're going to get, you know, and then getting into the game. And there's, they brought corner pressure. They brought some mic plugs. And they brought the jack and the will from the boundary of five-man hit. And so having to make the adjustments for that and the identification of all of it. And um, so that's, that's one thing. But then the other thing was, I think, just the O-line knowing that, hey, we need this, right? We've got to do this to win this game. And um, that's way impressive to see. 
And so you can build off of that for sure. Is it just your MO? Was there any hesitation on that fourth and short? No. On that, on that touchdown drive? No. Dave, uh, early in the season looked like a really good team that couldn't close out games. What clicked in the last three for you guys to finish out these uh, that's a good question. And so, yeah, I think you just kind of keep coaching, you know, and then guys, and then, but then the relationship's got to be good enough to when you're, when you want something and you're not doing it and it's all wrong and then there's a scoreboard and the losses pile up and then the criticism comes to kind of stay together so that you can still coach and get what you were trying to get the whole time in the first place. You know, I think losing just complicates things so, so much, you know. And so I thought everyone really did a good job with that and staying aligned and not getting, um, not losing themselves in the midst of uh, losing. And so that's allowed us to kind of get back to really who we are, you know. And so there's a, there's a, I think there's a bunch of uh, learning and growing for coaches, but then there's also a bunch of immaturity that's got to be shed for players. And I don't know. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. I think that's the truth. And so for all that to go through, you know, a season is tough. You'd much rather go through that in the off season. But, uh, you know, we're still kind of going through that now, to be honest. That was Dave Aranda. This is Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. That's Cameron Stewart from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. We both need haircuts. Come back tomorrow because today's Baylor basketball game day. Game day. We're going to talk about the Baylor Bears playing basketball, Keontae Jordan, all that jazz. All that's tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Uh, probably some more stuff about Oklahoma, too, because Baylor won in Oklahoma, in Norman for the first time, second time. First time since I, first time since I was in high school, yeah, 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 which makes you like four years old. I think I was two. Uh, first time in a long time. Uh, my 12th birthday is coming up. This has been Come Back Tomorrow for Basketball. Drake Toll, Cameron Stewart, Lock. Thank you for making it your first lesson every single day on Baylor. Do 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 do